Welcome to another edition of the OWC Radio Podcast, where we discuss Apple, tech trends, and more. I'm your host, OWC Mike H., and let's get this thing going. So there was a lot of news coming a few weeks back from Apple's WWDC, where uh, Apple refreshed their entire laptop line. The MacBook Airs went to Ivy Bridge, which is an updated Intel processor. adds USB 3, plus drops the price $100 on a, on a few units, making the Airs even more attractive. They've also uh, upgraded the integrated graphics card now, so that's performing much better than the previous first-gen integrated graphics card from Intel that Apple was using, too. So huge performance gains there as well. I mean, the Airs have just really become a powerhouse for Apple, and it's surprising because when they first came out, they were pretty much scorned by everybody as being overpriced. So also... Um, it makes the MacBook Air an awesome laptop now. All come with 4 gig of memory, which is not upgradable, unless, of course, you upgrade to 8 gig of memory by buying from Apple.com. That's the only time you can upgrade. If you don't, then you're stuck with 4 for the rest of the life of the computer because the memory is soldered onto the motherboard. So as you know, Macs last a long time, so I'd actually recommend buying an Air that way and upgrading to 8 so that way it can last you the longest time. And it uses a... SSDs, of course, is how the Airs get its really small size. So it comes with tiny storage for the base options of 64, 128 gig to start. The sweet spot that we see people needing is between 256 and 512. Usually 256 will serve most people. The 512 definitely give you a lot of room to expand. Uh, 64 gig will feel simply cramped right away. And 128 gig may or may not work for you, but it'll eventually get filled up if you're taking photos and massively adding to your iTunes library or whatever. Now, the great thing is you don't have to upgrade your air storage right away because we at OWC have the OWC Mercury Aura Pro SSD line. In fact, we have an SSD line for any MacBook Air ever made. So if you're using a MacBook Air from the past, just last year's model, which is still a great model, or are getting a new one, you don't have to feel tempted to uh, upgrade right away. You can get that from us later. Just go to our website, check out the uh, OWC SSD section, and find your upgrade for your Air. Now, on to MacBook Pros. Big news there. Um, we'll get to the Retina display in a minute, but for right now, the 17-inch is gone. The 13 and 15-inch remain a huge step up with Ivy Bridge and USB 3 well, just like the Airs. Uh, a little bit more power there, though, of course, with the 15-inch having a dedicated graphics card. Uh, one of the really nice things with the 2012 MacBook Pro 15 and 13-inch, uh, you can still remove the optical drive to add a second hard drive or uh, upgrade to an SSD. But now with the 2012, you can put two 6G OWC SSDs in that thing and make it go all the way up to like a thousand megasecond by writing them together on your laptop. I mean, that's just crazy, like Mac Pro speed. That's not Apple laptop speed usually when you combine two SSDs in it. Uh, the, the reason for that is uh, apparently the uh, drive bay works with uh, that speed for the 6G SSDs now. Previously in the 2011, you could only put like a hard drive in the optical bay. You couldn't put a 6G SSD in there because the, uh, the extra speed would cause issues with... Uh, well, Apple really didn't support the upgrade, so 
That's crazy now that you can put two in there. We actually have a blog post on there showing a MacBook Pro 15 going at like a thousand gig a second. I'm sorry, a thousand meg a second. A gig a second would be nuts. A meg a second. That's just crazy awesome. So uh, yeah, you could upgrade with a data doubler later if you need that speed or just upgrade with a normal one SSD and move the hard drive over to the optical bay or you know take the hard drive out, go to SSD SSD speed and enjoy that. Now on to the uh, the big news for hardware-wise was the 15-inch MacBook Pro Retina display. This was deemed as a major hardware announcement at the show. But, and this is a huge but, I'm going to have to deviate from all the tech love and Apple huggers out there. This is not a Pro machine. For me, it's simple. The Retina display should not be on a computer. It's great for iDevices. It's great for, like, the iPad, the iPhone, where you zoom in and zoom out and usually the images get a little blurry anyway when you zoom in and zoom out because it's a multi-touch device so it's a little forgivable when that happens but on a desktop it's not a zooming in, zooming in or zooming out display it's one to one pixels usually now what happens is the retina display is on a fixed screen on a computer it's really making everything razor sharp by zooming in at a larger resolution and displaying it with a higher pixel density so what happens is what the images on the web are usually 100%, usually meaning like uh, you show them at their actual size. So a 100 pixel by 50 pixel image is 100 pixels wide by 50 pixels. Well, the retina is taking that and quadrupling that. So it's really trying to take that image and display it in a 400 pixel by like, you know, 200 pixel image. And then it's blurring the heck out of it for the web. So anything on the web for imagery looks terrible unless your images are like 2x size, which... No one's going to upgrade their entire website just because Apple came out with a retina display that now displays website imagery badly because it has, like, print resolution. It's cr The retina display is crazy on everything else, such as, like, you know, pages or, you know, using anything else on the display. It's just really smooth. It has, of course, if you've seen a retina display, you're using an iPhone 4, 4S, or an iPad 3. You've seen it. You know what the retina can offer. But on a computer, it actually presents some issues because it's now making the web have issues versus not. So on, a, on the iOS devices, the retina display actually fixed something, whereas on the computer, the retina display is actually causing some issues. Now, I can't actually believe that all the other tech journalists out there are saying, well, the website just has to, web has to be updated, so everybody's got to update their websites. Uh, people aren't exactly updating their websites for the iPad 3 with retina display either, and they sell a lot more iPads than the entire Apple laptop line combined. So why would people just update their websites to support this one Apple laptop? That said, too, I mean, the if the MacBook Pro Retina was called an Air, it, some of its misgivings would be forgivable, such as it only has one SSD port. You know, you can't, and they try to tell you it's not upgradable. Well, it's upgradable, just like the MacBook Air is upgradable. The problem is it only has one. So, I mean, Apple had room in there to make room for others or could have put at least two SSD port cards or card ports on, in there. I know they want to stress, oh, we need size, but they could have fit size. The battery is gigantic. They could have taken just maybe like one cell out of the battery, maybe half and fit like another one or maybe even four SSDs. Now, if they were able to fit like four SSD cards in there, that would have been off the hook. I mean, despite the Retina having some issues for people who... You know, need to use one-to-one -one imagery like me, who's a website designer. 
I just can't use the Retina display as a pro as a pro laptop unless I hook up an external monitor. Then why am I getting a Retina display? Maybe so I can type clearly or see email really clear. Well, that seems like a little overkill then. But I mean, time will tell. Maybe Apple can fix something dramatically with algorithms or whatever in their software to fix this. It doesn't look likely. You know, hoping against hope would mean like, oh, I'm going to wait for that. But I just don't think so. I think Apple is extremely smart. And keeping the 15 and 13-inch uh, MacBook Pros on the market and kind of doing a test bed with the Retina. Now, I mean, everyone's jumping on board. The Retinas are sold out. It takes two to three weeks to get them. That's awesome. You know, hey, that that's great. So for people that can need it, can use it that way, or it's it's great for everything else, you know, aside from, you know, people like me who need to see it for have the web work correctly as far as imagery goes. Um, now, if all you're doing is reading on the web, of course, it would be a tremendous upgrade as reading would be pixel smooth. It almost looks a little too sharp, but that's because we're so used to seeing normal one-to-one -one displays. So it takes a little while to get used to seeing a retina at that size. So we'll see what the long-term impact is of that. I'm betting that both are going to live kind of in hybrid for a while. I'm not seeing everything upgrading to retina, but I mean, we'll see where Apple goes with that. Now, there are some also cool things about the Retina display. We had a really cool blog post that hits the major traffic. Um, you can put three external displays on this thing from one laptop. So that's four displays total running off a laptop. That's pretty darn powerful. Uh, we had, uh, and it was real displays. It wasn't mirroring. It was it was actual full screen. We can we can move stuff around from screen to screen or anything like that. It was, it was really cool. Um, the thing was, it was in the Apple specs, but it's one thing to see it in specs. It's another thing to see it in person. Um, that was a really cool thing. We were the first on the web with that image, actually, and uh, had a couple other websites, uh, you know, do their own thing after that and act like they came out with the article. But that's cool. It's it fun to occasionally get a one-up on, on journalists out there. It's, it's kind of funny that, you know, they're not as into uh, Max as we are sometimes, and we just, you know, catch the extra bump that maybe they're not thinking about. But anyway... Um, you can check that out on the blog too at blog.maxsales.com. It's really cool. A little older on the post link. It's got a couple weeks old, so just scroll down and search for Retina, and you'll find a bunch of Retina-based articles. Uh, the other thing we found on Retina is like Adobe Photoshop uh, six. Of course, ha is not upgraded for Retina, so it has some issues. But the you know, so yeah, the interface is all pixelated. I mean, everything. If you go to image size, that's not even clear. So that must be being rendered through Adobe instead of through the OS at 10 interface or whatever. But um, again, noticing the what I didn't expect to find there was, again, the 100 pixel or 100% image issue or the one-to-one -one pixel issue, whereas uh, it's pixel doubling the display. So those images show up blurry, and it's kind of like a blurry with lines through them or whatever. So seeing that in Photoshop did shock me too because that means in Photoshop, even when you want to view 100%, you can't see an actual image because it, it's pixel doubling. So hopefully there's something Adobe can do to fix that. Uh, the issue does also lie with iPhoto and preview when you try to preview images that way as well. So that's in the core OS as well. So I don't know what they can do to fix that if it's fixable. Um, but for people that have to like composite imagery or work one-to-one -one, like for website designers, it's going to be a rough road to work with as far as this retina display goes with without an external monitor you had an external monitor it's perfect it's fine one-to-one -one, you can see it so 
if you'd like your retina for everything else and then knowing that for that part of stuff you can either test to see what websites look like for everybody else or so you can see your pixel pixel display correctly with that one-to-one -one image on an external monitor so you have to weigh the pros and cons there's some really cool stuff and there's some promising stuff with how thin the retina is it's just the upgradability is really not there again if they called it a macbook air hd or macbook air with retina all that stuff would be kind of forgiven because you're like well it's a consumer machine so they're not really saying you should work on it and it proves a lot of things so you know it, it's weird how they're doing it it does feel like a test bed you know sometimes they do it sometimes they don't um it's kind of cool apple's cranking this stuff out though you know doing a test bed so we'll see what happens and what's going down the road um, again they're really smart for keeping the 13 and 15 on board for all the other people who need the upgradability or the one-to-one -one resolution for pixels and all that now one of the things that really wasn't totally talked about much all these machines were all these laptops were updated to usb3 now that is huge as far as mac community goes peace people are like well we've had usb3 for a few years now yes well we in the mac community have not and this is really huge um that's because you know while thunderbolt is really really fast and really really cool it's really really expensive as well so i mean there's just some things that usb3 is going to handle such as like portable drives or anything like that that USB 3 is already going to go faster than your drive can allow. So there was no reason to have a portable drive with a hard drive in it that's Thunderbolt based. You're paying a lot for that Thunderbolt overhead and you're not getting any speed benefits. You're getting daisy chain benefits. Yeah. Because you can just, you know, put it through and put it through and put it through. But that's a lot to pay for something that you're not going to see a speed benefit on, like an external drive or something like that. Of course, there's other accessories that Thunderbolt will work great on too. But like, so having USB 3 alongside Thunderbolt, see a lot of people just think like, oh, they got, it's got to be either or. Either I'm going to go USB 3 or I'm going to go Thunderbolt. Well, you can have both. And then you can save your money for portable on portable drives or single drive solutions where USB 3 is going way beyond the speed of the drive or at the speed of the drive. Like let's say if you had an SSD in there, uh, a 6G SSD will go beyond the speed of USB 3. So if you have an external storage solution, with Thunderbolt, at that point, Thunderbolt becomes, you know, very viable, and you're going to see a speed increase from there. And then um, where Thunderbolt really comes into its prime, of course, yes, displays. That's how I would use the Thunderbolt port on any new Mac I would get. You know, it would be hooked up to my display, actually my display port. But um, Thunderbolt is awesome for multi-drive externals where you're using multiple drives rated to get massive speeds out of them and so on. I mean, also on for USB 3, uh, OWC has been building their drives with USB 3 for a long time. So we have USB 3 in the Mac market already. So if you need a USB 3 portable, we've got a desktop. We've got, you know, I know if you, why would you add a desktop to a laptop line? Well, you have a time machine, so you'd usually leave that at home anyway because of off-site storage. Well, use a desktop for that because that maximizes your uh, your price per terabyte or price per gigabyte, depending on what type of storage you get. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, USB 3 drives, uh, we have them. OWC has been making them for quite some time now, so you can find those on maxsales.com slash externals or just check out the homepage and... Uh, Get the external you need, any USB 3 uh, you want, portable or uh, desktop. So 
Check us out. Now, it's, it's funny with all these hardware updates. What's WWDC about? It's about software. And so Apple also delivered heavily on the software side, too, showcasing a lot of cool things with iOS 6 coming out and also Mac OS X Mountain Lion. Uh, Mountain Lion gains a lot of new features, a lot of it ported over from iOS. Some things I'm actually really happy to see, Notification Center, seeing notes, uh, seeing things kind of labeled the same, contacts as contacts instead of, you know, address book or whatever. So, you know, the unification between the two platforms, uh, a lot of Mac Macites or hardcore Mac people really do hate that. They're they're like, no, it's not iOS. Well, to me, I remember when iPhone first came out, they didn't call it iOS. It was a version of OS ten for the iPhone. So it makes sense when things work. It's just like mail. I think mail is a lot better, and it wouldn't have got to where it is had it not been adopted for iPad. Then the you know, of course, they obviously use it and go, wow, this thing actually is really nice. Let's make mail on the Mac work this way. So I don't mind sharing of technologies or naming conventions or whatever to uni- kind of unify the existence. They're not going to make OS X exactly like iOS. It's not a touch interface. It's a lot. You can do a lot more on the computer than you can do with an iPad, depending on what your needs are. If you're a creative person or something like that or need to do a lot of heavy research, an iPad can be difficult to do that on where on a computer it's just really easy as you know saving files becomes a little bit harder on an ipad of course because there's no file systems you know so to speak so a lot of cool software stuff a lot of exciting stuff there um hardware usually overshadows the software because people like you know seeing the gadgets you know or gadget people like oh let's see this but software, lots to still get excited about, too. It looks like they're just making OS X even more of a solid thing. Right now, there's just so much I take for granted. But even with the release of Lion, you know, the whole resume or reopening all your windows up to where they were before after a restart, that's crazy nuts for me. I usually keep 40, 50 items open all the time. And then when I have to shut down, I have to either reopen them or re-remember that where I need to go for them. So that was one of those features in Lion that I just... This is the way it should have always been. So I don't see anything huge like that happening in Mountain Lion, but there's a lot of little things and a couple of, you know, a little bit bigger items such as the cloud doing different things or whatever. But uh, it seems more like a a nice solid tweak. I'm glad they're not playing with too much. I just hate when they change too much, hence like Windows with Metro just changing everything out. So everybody's got to learn new stuff for how things work. So I I like that Apple's kind of toe in the line and, keeping OS 10 nice and the way it should be nice and reliable. So, um, it's odd that out of a, you know, they, they did spend about equal time, actually a lot more time on software than they did for hardware. Just hardware just will always overshadow because people are really interested in the hardware and what it's going to allow them to do and seeing what, what is coming out of Apple, Apple's creative machine. Now let's move on to what would be Apple's PR nightmare. And that would be the Mac pro. I have no idea why or whomever at Apple had a terrible idea of not updating the Mac Pro. And the worst of all, they they gave it a processor update and some price drops and then called it new for an update. So they said, oh, we did update it. It's new. And then people said, I don't think so. No way. It doesn't have Ivory Bridge. It doesn't have USB 3. It doesn't have 6G-capable you know, ports for its drives. And it does not have Thunderbolt, which is a glaring omission, especially for the pro crowd. Because if anybody was going to buy expensive multi-drive units, it's the Thunderbolt-based 
Mac Pro crowd, which still does not exist. So Apple instead boosted some speed, cut some prices, and tried to sneak it in by not announcing it at the show. But they put it on the website like the day later, the night of, or whatever, and put new on it. Well, they had to take the new moniker off. I mean, the darn Mac Pro even has the same model ID as the previous machine, so you can't get away with that. And then all of a sudden, you have some random VP, and then Tim Cook follows up on like the next day saying, Yeah, well, our Mac our Mac Pro units, well, they didn't say Mac Pro, he said a Pro-based Mac will be announced or made for 2013. And when you say that in June of 2012, and people have been waiting since 2010 for these things to really be updated, well, that's a long time. So, you you know, Apple doesn't usually make mistakes, but they're not perfect. Even Steve Jobs wasn't perfect either. So we should all get past this notion of his Apple sainthood, because even Steve Jobs had his cube. So what I think Apple got caught doing here is not taking care of their dedicated pro customer base, which, while it might be a really small margin to them, is still a huge dedicated crowd that if you don't keep them happy or you don't give them what they need and the machines come too long in the tooth, you're eventually going to lose them. And it's just it doesn't make sense why you would actively choose to lose or piss off part of your customer base like that. Especially one that you know will have the higher dollar numbers. They're, they're you know they're going to buy the stuff. They're great for testing out machines and pushing them to their limits. You know, adding four drives, uh, rating a bunch of SSDs together, adding stuff to the PCI buses, adding you know even more to Thunderbolt, adding tons of mega displays. I mean, people that need the pro machines really need the power and really need it to go. So that's not saying that oh you have last year's model which is really 2010. And they're not powerful enough. It's just saying they they want more. They want to be able to do more. So it's a matter of, okay, the processors are crazy fast anyway. It's really what you're talking about. It comes down to USB 3.0, 6G-capable SATA ports, and Thunderbolt. Get those in there. Come on, guys. What are you thinking? Um, you know, they... They just they making gobs of money off iPhone, iPad, and the laptops. I mean, even their stores minimize desktops too now. The Mac Pro has been kind of there's one Mac Pro in a store, and there's like one Mac Mini. I mean, Mac Mini's not a pro solution, but it's still a desktop. The iMac's even been kind of demoted. Of course, you know Apple's going to focus on what's selling the money. But I mean, people that need that stuff, you don't want you don't want Mac users switching to PC all of a sudden because they don't have a Mac that supports their their growing needs. So, I mean, Apple needs to fast-track this Mac Pro and get it going. Um, Mac Pros also have had another issue hitting them is that they're really pricey. Uh, they, it used to be you can get a Power Mac G5 Dual. I mean, you can get it for like $1,800. Now you're not even touching that. So I don't know why their price structure has gone just off the hook crazy to like $2,500 bill. I mean, to get a, you can go get a refurb for like $1,800, but that's not going to happen. So... I mean, maybe they need to make a new mini tower or just realign the pricing of the Mac Pro altogether. Because there are people who just need, heck, even if you just took like an Apple laptop type uh, processor and you gave it, it popped on a motherboard that had all the the PCI Express ports, the Thunderbolt, the USB 3, all that. You know, you can go at laptop speed, but you need the expansion because quite honestly, these laptops with quad core processors are really, really fast. And for most people, that's beyond pro enough. So... These mega gigantic pro towers, I mean, maybe they're going the way the Dodo and Apple is going to replace it, like some type of mini X tower or whatever, or like a triple cube or um, not a cube, but a triple mini or something like that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I can't, 
I, under, I can understand why Apple could only upgrade so many things at one time. I mean, they did just refresh their entire laptop lineup and all that. It's just, it almost would have been better for them PR-wise because they're so hot on MacBook Pro Retina, all these extra things, and all of a sudden, you know, Mac Pro makes a gigantic thud on just the whole industry. So why they went hold it off for just one week and get one really solid week of really, really positive PR, I don't know. I think someone messed up, or maybe they just underestimated how dedicated their Mac Pro people are. I mean, remember, they might not necessarily know that their fans love them this much so and yeah i use the word love because these are diehard people if it were pc people they'd be like i'm not buying from hp forget it they're not sporting me i'm gonna go to dell they, you know they, they find someone else to go to in the mac world there's no one else to go to you actually have to go to a different machine and you know people go oh well you know they've invested so much in their mac hardware you're not going to flip the switch well the next step after Mac is Windows as far as the creativity suites from like Adobe and other editors working well. You know, switching over to Linux, a little hard to do. It can be done, especially if you have the right software for it. So, and some of the software on Linux side is free. So, if someone sets up a box for you, you might be good to go. In any case, uh, the Mac Pro people really need an update. Apple messed up here. I think they now know they messed up because the, the pushback was so fierce on this. I think they learned their lesson, hopefully, and uh, I mean, hopefully they can fix it and get the Mac Pro people what they need. Now, what have we noticed um, from our, uh, our customers is that they're massively upgrading their Mac Pros. People said, hey, if they're not going to upgrade, I'm going to make my Mac Pro work the best it possibly can or even way better than the expectations. So people came in, I mean, you can upgrade your, uh, your Mac Pro memory to up to 128 gig. You can, uh, you can add SSDs or more hard drives and get more speed or heck even raid the SSDs together. You could raid two SSDs together, three or four SSDs together with all those drive bays the Mac Pro has to get unbelievable performance. So you don't have to wait for Apple to upgrade to the next 6G interface to get 6G or beyond 6G speed. And then if, let's say your drive bays are filled up or you need them for traditional hard drive storage due to size or whatever your data needs are, then you could you could add a Mercury Excelsior SSD to a PC that goes into your PCIe uh, slot on your Mac Pro. Now that delivers up to 720, 750 megabits per second, so that's beyond 6G speed in just one card slot. And Excelsior will go up to uh, 960 gig for your upgrade. And then if you really... Um, need to upgrade your processors or want to upgrade your processor in your Mac Pro, we can actually take care of that too. You send in your, your processor tray, and then we upgrade it and send it right back to you. And then uh, you get a faster Mac that way. All you got to do is go to our website at MacSales.com and pick out the best Mac Pro upgrades for you and uh, whatever fits your budget. And also uh, we'll make it work and make your Mac Pro fit your speed needs or your, your new speed needs or upgrading it or whatever. So what do you think about all this hoopla, or, or do you have an opinion? Is there something I'm not addressing you'd like to see addressed? Drop me a line at podcast at maxsales.com. I'll do my best to answer you via email or possibly mention it in the upcoming shows. It's truly some interesting times for Mac and iOS and all that stuff. It's truly exciting. Um, we cover a lot in our blog, as I can't get into everything in detail here, and we have some tremendous reader comments that you could read through as well on the blog. So check us out at blog.maxsales.com. 
And if you, um, you need any of your upgrade needs, just check us out at maxsales.com and see all the major upgrades we got for you, whether it's memory, SSDs, externals, whatever. I want to thank you all for listening. And until next time, this is OWC Mike H signing off.